you are always evaluating or should be always evaluating your strategy with literally everything. We're like, is this still working? Great. Is it not? Okay. What else should we try? Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. Today, I'm joined not by one, but two amazing co-founders of GoNanas, Anne Slobotsky and Morgan Lerner. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Chase. I'm excited to chat. So for those that are unaware about GoNanas, can you kind of let me know and let them know the types of products you guys are currently selling? Yes. So we are a banana bread mix company. We sell all different kinds of flavors. And the best part is they're all allergen free, meaning vegan, gluten free and nut free. And everyone can have them. So you can't tell that they're any of those things. But the goal is that everyone can have them. So banana bread is our shtick. That's amazing. So where did the idea to make a banana bread like this, a banana bread mix like this come from? It's a long-winded story. I'll try and keep it brief. So Morgan and I were actually neighbors in our freshman dorms at the University of Michigan. And we really did bond over banana bread. Her Mimi had a famous recipe. My mom did. Um, And we felt like there were no good options for healthy and tasty desserts on campus. So we decided that we were going to change that. We first came out with baked banana bread loaves that we'd sell to sororities and fraternities and eventually food service. And then COVID was really what pushed us to sell the mixes because everybody was stuck at home and food service really took a dive. Um, So that change was definitely for the best. Yeah, that's definitely an amazing pivot. I'm just going to assume that the mix is a lot more shelf-stable as well. Oh, yeah. Two years versus five days. So... When we made the mixes, we realized we had an actually scalable business on our hands. Um, and then it was also convenient timing because banana bread was blowing up during COVID. Everyone was at home, stuck at home baking. Um, so those really, really took off. Absolutely. All right. Let's dive in a bit more there, right? So you start a business and it's typical. We're selling uh, the banana bread product, the, the actual loaves, and you pivot as kind of in response to the pandemic and and what's going on there, did you just dive all into the mixes or did you do any sort of validation uh, within that kind of phase of the business? That's a great question. So um, we had both lines going, but then the shipping was a real challenge with COVID. So we realized that the ready-made product, the lows were not scalable. Um, and then the response to the mixes, that's where we got the market validation, the sales it going viral on social media, um, the news channel coming after us and us getting approached by a national retailer. So there were some signs that said, okay, this is really where the opportunity is. How long did it take to kind of kill the first product line? And how did that feel? We definitely like struggled to let it go. We tried every which way to make it work just to give a little more clarity. During COVID, 
Um, well, let's back up a second. Before COVID, you could ship things overnight or two days via FedEx or UPS. But during COVID, you could pay for overnight or two day shipping and it could arrive a week later. So we kept trying to send this perishable product um, via UPS or FedEx. And then it would arrive a week later, spoiled, molding, you name it, uh, we experienced it. So we really did a lot of R&D to see like, is there a way that we can get this product to people successfully? And at the end of the day, there wasn't. And we sort of thought, okay, God willing, one day this pandemic is going to end. Maybe at that point, we will pick back up this product line. But those few years later, (laughs) we were like, there's no way we're doing this. The mixes had become so successful that... Um, it just didn't make sense. I think maybe one day we'll try and make a shelf stable version of those ready-made loaves. Um, but definitely a five-day shelf life food service product is just not in the cards for us. Uh, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Um, and obviously these days hindsight's 2020 there and it's like, we, maybe we should have done that a little bit earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. We knew nothing. (laughs) So you've got this product, uh, the ready-made mixes, and you're getting an, a great reaction from the market. Uh, you're getting some viral kind of stuff out there with, with social. You're getting approached by news channels. You're getting approached by wholesalers. How do you capitalize on this traction? Where did you guys spend your energy? Did you invest any money into growing the business at this point? Yeah. So uh, kind of around the time that this was all happening, we this was a, a side hustle. We had full-time jobs. So when this started happening, and this was after four or five years of going after it as a passion and and still, you know, a small business. So we finally took that leap to quit our jobs and go full time. And I think that was the big shift. And we bootstrapped um, up until the end of 2022. Um, so we exceeded a million dollars all bootstrapped. And that was just Annie and I were working our little tushes off because <laughs> we finally had an opportunity to grow it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, was the model more wholesale with partners? Uh, Obviously, you guys are in Whole Foods and Targets these days. Or was it more direct consumer through kind of your own business? You know, where where did you guys find the most traction? So we definitely with the mixed business, it was all direct to consumer to start. We had a few direct customers. So shortly after we came out with the mixes. Nordstrom Rack actually approached us and was like, banana bread is blowing up right now. And we saw your packaging online and loved it. Like, can we carry your product? That was honestly the precipice for us taking the leap to do this full time. But in terms of a sales split, it was like 90% direct to consumer. And Morgan and I would, we literally had a whiteboard and we'd call, um, like independent retailers and we'd, you know, try and have competitions who could call more in a day to dip our toe into retail because it's such an expensive channel and see that proof of concept before we started pitching to the Whole Foods and Targets of the world. Yeah, that's the best idea I've heard on this podcast as far as retail goes. One is making it a challenge between your co-founders, but just getting the reps in, learning how to talk the language, talk about the product, find out what these buyers are into. That That's just... Sales 101. And it's one of those things where you just have to do the reps. And that's, that's awesome. Everyone listening, if you have a, you know, a CPG brand and you're trying to get into retail, I would strongly suggest doing something like that. Any tips you guys picked up from that kind of, uh, 
honestly non-scalable <laughs> uh, part of trying to get into retail? Yeah, I think you learn the nuances of your pitch. So that was the biggest thing. We like really refined our pitch and also figured out where in the stores we would um, do best. So right now at scale, our strategy is to be in produce next to the bananas because you need real bananas to make our mixes. And that's something we tested out at a small scale with these retailers to kind of work through the nuances. But that's also kind of the approach we took with everything in our business at that time because we had so little money and we were just trying to figure things out. So that was kind of the all, you know, the scrappy approach we took to everything that also applied to other areas of our business. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. All right. I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all-new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again. Free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made it an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit Sendlane.com honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's Sendlane.com honest. Let's hop back though. 90% direct to consumer through your, your own website. How are you getting those customers? Is it all just luck from social media or are you now retargeting these people through ads or prospecting with paid? Like what, what was driving that growth? You know, it's been such an evolution because D2C is still such a big part of our business and it changes like every few months. So things that have always been at the core of what drives our direct-to-consumer revenue, Morgan has done an incredible job building out our brand ambassador program. So we have, I think at this point, over 2,500 
call them micro influencers. They're people with a few thousand, maybe up to 10,000 followers that are just super fans of GoNanas. They buy the product on their own right, post about it, and then we give them a code uh, and they get kickback for the sales that they generate. And they get lots of perks like early access to our new flavors and things like that. Um, But that has been the core of building that community online. And then we do a ton of work with influencers, whether that's um, working with them on posts or creating products collaboratively. So we have flavors of our mixes that are in collaboration with some big influencers. And then we've gone in and out of the paid ads. So there's been periods where we've done them, periods where we haven't. Right now, we're seeing a lot of success with them. But there were periods with, you know changes. I don't want to get too technical, but Apple rolled out a new privacy release. And we were like, we can't do paid ads right now because you're never going to see a return. So we sort of try and adjust our levers with what's going on in the market. But those are the things that we sort of do. Oh, that's that's uh, an amazing answer there. Um, with the growth of the business, and obviously, it scaled pretty quickly uh, over the last 2 years. Does anything come to mind when you think about maybe mistakes that were made along the way? There's such a classic answer to this, which none are mistakes. You learn from all of them because so it's inevitable in what we do. We make mistakes all the time, but you you learn to view them as learnings because you have no choice. Um, so, I mean, if anything, I would have come out with the mixes early and thought about the scalability piece. Um, but I think that also allowed us to really refine our product without any rush or pressure. So we really had a sound product that when we turned it into a mix, it was just taking the, the base and that really has not changed. So what's in Whole Foods today for our original say is the same base we've had since you know, four years ago and in at the University of Michigan where we started this. So um yeah, there's always two sides to crane. I'll have Annie. I was gonna jump in. I was like, I totally disagree because we launched our mixes during the pandemic, like at a moment when banana bread was blowing up. And so there was that element of like luck with timing because we were able to see this incredible growth on direct to consumer, which I don't necessarily think we would have seen beforehand. And that catapulted us to be able to join the Mondelez Accelerator, have a really big sales number that first year that allowed us to raise money with investors despite not being in any grocery doors. If anything, I would say our only, not like mistake, but like a learning that I've really come to understand this year as we've been hiring and building out the team is like, you can never really be hands off or even agencies we've used. Like sometimes we've just trusted like, oh, you're an expert in X, Y, and Z. Here's this project, take it. And then you notice mistakes or maybe things weren't being done the way that you'd want them to be, or you just need to be more involved to catch things because you know your business better than anybody else. That to me has been the biggest learning. Hindsight 2020, that I agree with everything. (laughs) And I think Annie and I were so used to working together for years and years and years that that also translates to that because we have that trust with each other that we just assumed with everyone we hired, it would be like that. And it's not, which is great. That's what it, of course not. Like that's, that's management and that's growing a team. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Managing others and hiring is uh, definitely a skill set in and of itself. And uh, 
a lot of founders when they get to that scale start to realize it's like, oh, there's a lot more to this. Um, can we talk about the success that you've had with wholesale and how those large orders maybe throw kind of a wrench in your plans? <laughs> um, from an operational perspective, I would say we are so fortunate at the ease of our product. I have up until this point run all of our operations. Um, I would say very successfully. And like, what background do I have in operations? None. And that's because it's really hard for a manufacturer. I'm like knocking on wood to mess this up. You're blending a bunch of dry ingredients and putting it in a bag versus so many other products. There's like a gajillion things that could go wrong. We have had our operational challenges in that during COVID, there have been oat flour shortages. We had a load of butterscotch chips get stuck on the Suez Canal. Our main ingredient of our chocolate chip is affected by the war in Ukraine and Russia. So there are those elements, but nothing that is like, oh, we launched in Whole Foods and now there's this huge problem to scale. It's really just those general like world things that affect our supply chain. Um, although we did have a machine part break right before we launched in Whole Foods. I didn't sleep for like a month, <laughs> but we got it sorted and we delivered the day it was due. That was very stressful. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience? It's a great question. Um, I think the innovation piece, like how you innovate, meet your customers where they are um, and bring things to market. I think we've had to do that a lot. Um, we've launched over 35 flavors to date. And that's really what has driven a lot of our online um, business, but also what we bring to retail and the innovations we bring there. Retailers are looking for a lot more seasonal products, exclusives, something that's really different. Um, so I think that's been a, a big, a strong suit of ours is that that product innovation. I would also add, and I we sort of touched on this with direct to consumer, but I think the most important thing we're learning is like you are always evaluating or should be always evaluating your strategy with literally everything. We're like, is this still working? Great. Is it not? Okay. What else should we try? With retail, it's like we're trying all these different levers, leaning into, okay, maybe this time of the year we do this. Okay, demos are great, but X, Y, and Z. So it's like we're never stagnant in how we're approaching something. We're always pushing ourselves to do things better. And I think as you grow too, you're creating systems for that. So you're, how are you analyzing your marketing? How are you analyzing your sales so that you can continuously change and evolve? And then when a new part of the business comes, how are we analyzing that? Um, so you have some metric and some, some system to continuously improve. That's such a foundational part of a startup. Yeah. Uh, kind of distilling down those business units to KPIs that m make it a lot easier to understand if you're on track. Now, if I've listened to this podcast episode and i am got a hankering for banana bread, where do I go to get this best mix? You go to econanas.com or any Whole Foods near you. We just launched in 300 Targets in all major cities. Um, Meyer HEB if you're in the Midwest or the South. Um, and you can use the code BANANAPHONE for 20% off. 
and find us on social at go underscore nanas. Morgan, Annie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having This was so fun. Thank you. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.